Amen. Somebody say thank you. Can we just take a few moments and thank the Lord this morning? Come on, listen, even if you don't feel like it this morning, I don't feel like preaching, but that's all right. I'm going to stop and I'm going to thank him. Thank him today. Let's take a few moments. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for getting us up. Thank you for giving us a place to worship, God. Thank you, Lord, for having a community and a family of, of believers to come together and worship the Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you. This is how we thank the Lord. You may be seated all over the house. I'm excited for where this series is, is going to take us today, this rerun series as we've been going back and seeking God and seeing uh, words that we believe that uh, he'd have us to rerun, if you would, to, to bring them back to light. And I like this one because it talks about a familiar story. Uh, matter of fact, it talks about a central truth, if you would. Matter of fact, as I began looking at, at this word today, the this, this starting of this sermon is actually why I'm even a Christian. This, this word is why I preach my heart out week in and, and week out. And listen, it is the central fact that the God we serve not only died for us, but he rose for us. And that is the central faith. That is why you call yourself a Christian. It's because it is the central belief that, that Jesus Christ died for us. But he didn't just die. He came back to life. Listen, Jesus was the only human being that they had to put a guard at his grave to make sure he didn't come out. Now listen, I know you go to Washington and they guard in the grave, but that's to keep people from going in. They had a guard to stand by Jesus' grave because they were afraid he was going to come out. And guess what he did, didn't he? He did come out, and that is the central to our faith and, and what we believe. Thank you so much, praise team. God bless y'all. They've been here since like 8 o'clock this morning, and they just worship the Lord, and we certainly appreciate it. But I'm thankful today that the grave could not hold him. I am thankful today. Listen, death, where is thy victory? Where is thy sting? I'm so thankful today that he died for me because all other gods, and by the way, you do know there are other gods, right? That's why the Ten Commandments said, thou shalt have no other gods before me little g by the way because god knows there's other gods but guess what all other gods listen they may have been gods on this earth but guess what when they died they died <laughs> listen they are still in the ground even today i thought about charles uh, taze russell of the jehovah witnesses guess what he's dead listen i thought about joseph smith of the latter-day saints guess what <laughs> i hate to tell you but he's dead listen i thought about ellen white and joseph bates of the seven-day adventist church guess what they're dead. I thought about Buddha of the Japanese religion. Guess what? He's dead. Come on, Confucius of the Chinese religion. He's dead. Muhammad, Allah of the Islamic faith. Guess what? He is dead. But what sets the Christian apart is our God. Yes, he died for us. But guess what? Three days later, up from the grave, he arose. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 17, unless Christ was raised to life, your faith is useless. Oh, Y'all didn't hear that this morning. Unless Christ was raised to life, your faith is useless. Guess what? So all those other religions, and by the way, they're not denominations I just named. They're other religions. They believe in a, another God. Guess what? Their faith is useless unless your God can be raised. Y'all didn't hear that in the Scripture. Unless Christ was raised from the dead, your faith is useless, and you are still living in your sins. And those people who died after putting their faith in him are completely lost. If our hope in Christ is good only for this life, we're worse off than anyone else. Watch this in Romans 1 and 4. And I know this isn't the scripture, so I'll give it to you real quick. He was declared with power to be the Son of God. How? By the resurrection from the dead. 
Now, listen, it's easy for us to read that after the fact and get excited. I mean, it's easy to be living in the faith now and look back and say, yeah, we had a God that that died for us and rose for us. But listen, I want us to go back about 2,000 years and think about the disciples as they watched this man named Jesus that they spent 42 months with doing ministry. Three and a half years they spent with with Jesus, and all of a sudden Jesus tells them, I'm going to leave you. Now, you got to think about this because Jesus was not just their leader. He was their Lord. Listen, he, he was not just their friend, he was their Savior. He was the King of kings and, and the Lord, Lord. He was the Messiah, the one that they had been sent. Oh, he's coming, he's coming. And guess what? These, these I won't call them deacons, these disciples, these disciples, I didn't do that on purpose, I'm telling you, I just keep wanting to say, these disciples, listen, were, were doing ministry with the Messiah that they had waited on for, for so long. And I want to look at them today. I want to especially look at this man named Peter. I want to take a little look at at Peter because Peter was Jesus' right-hand man. Listen, uh, Peter was a a businessman, and Peter was in the business of of catching fish until Jesus called him to come catch men. He told him, he said, you're no longer going to catch fish, but you're going to be a fisher what? You're going to be a fisher of men. And, And Peter dropped absolutely everything. Listen, Peter shut down his business. He closed up his fishing shop, and he was excited to join Jesus' ministry to take on the world. I believe in that moment when Jesus came by and he picked out Peter to be a part of his ministry, I I think for the first time in Peter's life, listen, he thought, here is my purpose in life. I'm telling you, because he wouldn't have shut down shop so quick. (laughs) He'd been like, well, you know, I got this business, Jesus, and I tell you what I'll I'll do. No, 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 he shut down shop, and he began following Jesus, and Peter was the very one that Jesus looked at, and he said, upon this rock, yeah, his, name was, his name meant rock. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Man, Peter was brass. <laughs> Listen, Peter would stand up for Jesus. You, you know what? Peter was the one that when the soldiers came to arrest him, what did he do? He cut off the, the ear of the sun. That was just Peter. Man, it's a fisherman. Fishermen were rough guys. I'm just going to tell you, they weren't. Fishermen were rough people. And so Peter sold out 100% to God. Peter, Peter dropped everything that he had, and, and he went to be with Jesus. And, you know, Peter was one of those that if Jesus was doing it, he wanted to do it. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, you remember the time when they were out on the boat and Jesus was walking on the water and people were like, whoa, time out, Jesus. You're going to walk on that water? <laughs> Peter going to walk on the water too. And he went and he walked on the water. Man, that's just Peter. Peter loved him some Jesus. And here in John chapter number 13, Jesus sits him down. God, there's something i got to tell you. Something I hadn't told you this whole time. I know we've been doing ministry, but, but I'm getting ready to, to leave you. You know who it was that spoke up and said, whoa, whoa, time out. Where are you going? <laughs> Peter. Yeah, yeah. Peter spoke up and said, no, no, no. If you go, and I'm going with you. And Jesus said, no, nah, where I'm going, you, you cannot go with me. And what did Peter say? He said, man, I'll give up my life. I'll lay down my life for you. And what did Jesus look at him and say? Nah, for the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. <laughs> you're going to deny me three times. And as I look at that, I thought about it. It's just point blank. The disciples did not want to accept the fact that Jesus was going to die. Listen, I'm I'm telling you, it's easy for us to look back and look at their life. But I'm talking about if we were living in that moment. Listen, they did not want to accept the fact that that Jesus was going to leave. I mean, here they are thinking, nah, not the one that I saw raise people from the dead. Surely he ain't going to die. You're not the one that I saw do all this healing. Surely all of a sudden he ain't going to cut off the ministry and leave now. I believe they were in denial. Listen, and then it, it happened, and Friday came. You know the story. I'm trying to get to where I want to get to. Listen, you know the story. Jesus, Jesus died, and he's dead. And all of a sudden, I believe all of them thought that this ministry that they were going to be a part of, it's all of a sudden it's dead. 
man, this miracle, man, we had a healing ministry. We had a healing ministry, and man, we watched Jesus. He, he picked up mud and dirt and wiped it in people's eyes, and they, they were able to see, and all of that is gone. Matter of fact, you remember who went running to the tomb? Yeah, yeah, he heard him. What did he do? He went running to the tomb. He didn't even stop to see anybody. He ran straight into the tomb, and all of a sudden, people was like, they stole my Jesus. They stole Jesus. He's gone. Jesus is not here. He's not where he said that he was going to be. He's gone. And watch this. You look at John chapter number 20. Beginning at verse number 10. I want you to see this. Watch this. Then, after his death, then the disciples went back to their homes. Now watch this. In John 21 and 3, and this is our scripture, Nicole. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going to go with you. And the Bible says that they went out and they got in the boat, but they caught absolutely nothing. All night long. Did anybody else see what I saw in that scripture? Listen, Peter and the boys went back to what God had called them from. Oh, I want you to see this. Watch this. Peter and the guys, they went back to the very thing that that God had, had called them from. In other words, they left ministry and they went back. To fishing, and I submit to you the reason they did it is because they were stuck. Listen, I believe the reason they went back to doing what God had called them from is because they were stuck. And can I help us today and let you know that you'll get stuck? Watch this when life lets you down. Listen, I'm telling you, we will get stuck when things don't go the way that we had hoped that they would go. Listen, we'll get stuck when things don't go as we laid out and had planned that they will go. We will get stuck when troubles come our way. Listen, we'll get stuck when our faith becomes weak, when life gets heavy, when, when life gets hard and things get unexplainable. Guess what? You too, my friend, will get stuck. Peter and those boys, I believe it with everything in me, they were stuck. Listen, Jesus was dead. This was not the way we thought that it was going to be. This is not where I saw that ministry going. This is not what I thought that God raising people from the dead ministry was going to do. Jesus is dead. And I believe them boys went back because they were stuck. They were stuck. Listen, so I want to look at Peter's life today, and I believe I can give you, y'all good? Okay, I want to give you three things, I believe. Uh, lessons that we can learn from, from Peter's life. Watch this. Number one, you got to admit you're stuck. Listen, number one, you got to admit I'm stuck. I know y'all were looking for some deep theological. Listen, you got to admit it. You got to admit that you're stuck because if you're stuck, you're probably stuck because something in life didn't function the way that you expected it to function. And I'm telling you, the first thing you got to do, and we're going to stay right here for a little while. Listen, you got to admit that you are stuck. Listen, there's always a rule that if, if you're in a hole, stop digging. Let me give you another rule. If you are stuck, you got to admit it. Listen, the first thing you got to do, I am stuck. I'm stuck. Listen, I, that situation's got me in a funk. I'm stuck. That circumstance is not exactly how I expected to turn out, so I am stuck. Listen, I'm in a conundrum. I don't know exactly what in the world God has wanted me to do, so I am stuck. But listen, it's hard to admit it. I'm telling you, people struggle with admitting that they are struck. You know why? Because you want to fake it till you make it. I'm telling you, you do. You just don't, you know what? If I just fake it, maybe we'll get through this. Listen, some of you right now are dealing with a mess up in your marriage, and you know what? I'm just going to fake it till I make it. I know that smile on your face. Guess what? You are just faking it till you're making it. Listen, you're faking that handshake, you're faking that hug, and you're faking that head nod because you just want to fake it until you make it. Listen, don't put your hope in faking it. 
to you making it. I submit to you, go ahead and admit that you are stuck. Admit that you're in a situation that has gotten sticky. And it, I'm stuck. Listen, Mike Murdoch, I love to read Mike Murdoch. I know he's a little out there. But listen, he says there's no better sound than real. Whew, come on, somebody. Listen, he said there's no better sound than real. He said, by the way, God already knows everything anyway. He said, when you pray, don't fake it. Listen, when you pray, be direct. Go ahead and tell God. Be honest with God. Watch this, my devotion. One of my devotions said this. God rewards integrity. Listen, it says you can trust the one who made you. Watch this. I love it. He's got all the time in the world. <laughs> Listen, he's got all the time. So don't edit your conversations with him. You got to love Mike Murdoch. He just has a way to put more. Don't edit your conversations with God. That's what Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah. He said, when you seek me, you'll find me. He says, when you have searched for me with all of your heart. Listen, don't have a half-hearted search. Don't search for God. Listen, don't, don't be trying, just faking it until you make it. Admit that where you are is a stuck place. That's point number one. You got to admit that you are stuck. Admit that you're stuck. Listen, this word is not going to help you if you bow out your chest and cross your arms like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to pretend like everything is good. And you refuse to admit that you are stuck. Listen, you got to admit that you are in a place. Listen, that you did not intend that you were going to be. You got to admit that you're in a place that you don't feel like is your purpose in life. You got to admit that you are stuck. Look at your neighbor and say, admit you're stuck. Come on, tell somebody something like you got to admit you are stuck. And listen, the church has messed this up because we have, we have conditioned our people. I'm telling you, I grew up all the church. You know I did. We conditioned people. We have trained people to respond fake. Let's just be honest. We, we've trained people to, the church did this. The church, I'm, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and you broken. Listen, how's it going, man? Man, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. Listen, and, and, and you're struggling in life. The church has trained us to, to be fake. I'm well, everything's just great, and yet everything is falling apart in your life. Church has taught us to be fake. Well, listen, I want to help you today. Be real and admit, I told you I was going to stay on point number one for a little while. Admit that you are stuck. God, I'm in a stuck place. God, I don't even know what place I'm in. It just don't feel right, and I'm, I'm stuck. You got to admit that you are stuck. So many rather just fake it. To the make it. Listen, and just admit that all hell is breaking loose in your life. Listen, go on and admit. Go on and admit that you are right on the verge of depression. Who am I talking to this morning? Listen, go on and admit uh, that things are funny with your money. Come on, go on and admit that, that things aren't going the way you want them to go. Point number one, you got to admit that you are stuck. Listen, because pride says not. Nah, don't you tell anybody. Listen, pride says, no, nah, you got to pretend it there. Don't you say that you are weak. But the Bible says God resisteth the proud. But he gives grace. Watch this. He gives grace to the humble. Let's say it together. I'm stuck. Come on. I just want you to get used to saying it. God, I'm, I'm in a stuck, I'm in a stuck place. God, I'm in a place that I'm not sure what you want me to do. And, 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 Paul, and we look at Peter, and I believe we find Peter who is, who is stuck because this man Christ that he gave up his business for and he gave up everything and and he returns to fishing and you can theologically study it and you can say there's a there's actually a couple of views on why peter went back to fishing i mean y'all look it up so i'm kind of kind of study i mean why would he go some say watch this some say that he returned to fishing because it was an indication of his lack of faith 
I kind of tend to believe that, watch this, that Peter had some regression in his faith, that Peter kind of took a step back because he just wasn't sure where the ministry was and and where it was going. He went back to the thing that felt comfortable and the thing that, that felt safe. He went back to the very thing that God had delivered him from. That's one view. Another view says that, nah, Peter had to do what he had to do because Peter was hungry. And so Peter went back to fishing so that he could, he could have fish. And I don't really agree with that, but the two of these both agree with this. They both agree that Peter was in a battle. Listen, both views, you can look at both views, and they both agree that Peter was angry and that he was devastated and he was trying to escape reality because the Jesus that he served and the Jesus who became his very best friend, all of a sudden he had died. So listen, I thought about it. Regardless of the two views, both in essence say that Peter was stuck. Both in essence say that Peter was in a place that was not where he intended to be. And so here in John chapter number 21 He's got seven of the disciples with him. The Bible says that Peter and Thomas and Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two others. Watch this. Peter says, man, bump this. I'm going back to fishing. And guess what they say? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go back to fishing with you. Isn't it amazing how stuck attracts stuck? (laughs) I'm just saying, you ever notice how, how stuck people all of a sudden attract stuck people? All these men stuck together. Well, I tell you what, if Peter's going to go back to fishing, then I'm going to go back to fishing with him because stuck attracts stuck. Or maybe I should say yuck attracts yuck. I just say, y'all okay today? Okay. Yuck attracts. Look at the scripture, verse number three. Let's go back to the word. Simon Peter said to them, I am going. Y'all tough on me. I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going to go with you. Did you see it? We went out and we got in the boat, and that night we caught Nothing. Did y'all see that? They All night long, they caught nothing. Now, you got to think about this, about this fishing, because we think about fishing like a rod and reel, and we go out and we just throw it out. And no, no, no. These guys were dragging this big old heavy net. you got, you got to understand how they were fishing. All these guys went, and they'd throw out the net, and they'd wait, and they'd all get together in this wet net. They would try and pull it back in, and when they pulled it in, absolutely nothing. So they'd go another little distance, and they'd throw out the net, and all of a sudden, all the men would hoist that net back in, and they did that all night long. Now, I got to think about, I wonder why they stayed out there so long, because I'm, I'm a horrible fisherman, by the way. I know y'all guys are good at it. Listen, I'm going to go out there. If I throw it out and nothing don't bite, I'm like, let's go. Let's just go to McDonald's get a fish sandwich. I mean, let's just go. That ain't real fish, is it? my favorite day. Listen, let's just go get some fish because this ain't, this ain't worth it. I just thought, ever wonder why Peter and those boys stayed out there so long? Listen, I believe they were out there so long because they were stuck. Listen, they were in a conundrum. They didn't, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go. They wasn't catching anything. And, and listen, you may be like that in life. And things just aren't going your way. And so then you begin to blame other people instead of just realizing it is me that is stuck. Listen, instead of seeing who all you can get to agree with you in your stuck place, go on, admit, come on, we'll go back to point number one, admit that you are stuck. Come on, I'm going to help you today. Listen, instead of surveying all your girlfriends to find out that all men are dogs, go on, admit that you, <laughs> come on, you are the one that is stuck. Listen, instead of trying to attract everybody to come around you and admit that the pastor's crazy, come on, just go on, admit that you, <laughs> I might join that group. <laughs> Listen, admit that you are are stuck. Listen, instead of meeting in the break room and trying to talk about whether your supervisors got it together or whether your supervisors really qualify for the job, why don't you go and admit, I am the one you're stuck. I, I'm the one with the problem. Oh, listen, watch this. Instead of bouncing from church to church, come on, somebody. Look, why don't you go and admit, I am the one 
just stuck. Listen, don't duck and hide it. Just go and admit that I am the one that's stuck. Listen, I believe some of y'all wore out. You're fishing all night. Yeah, 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 watch this. You, you're pulling in the rope, and you're, you're working that boat, and you're gathering your peeps, and listen, uh, you're swimming, and, and, and you lost hope. And I'm telling you, you're just tired, and you wore out just like these guys were. They kept pulling the rope, and every time it would come up empty. You can just go on a minute. I am, help me, I am stuck. Listen, there's several ways to get unstuck that I want to share with you today. Watch. Number one, you can blame other people. Not theologically correct, but I'm just saying that's, that's something that's just taught reality, right? You can, you can blame other people, and here's what happens. Listen, it don't really get you unstuck. It just dilutes the reality that you're the one stuck. Uh-huh. Listen, when you begin to blame other people, all you're really doing is diluting the reality that you are the one stuck. So go ahead, blame everybody. Blame God. Listen, blame Jesus. Blame the pastor. Blame your wife. Blame the husband. Listen, go on and blame everybody you can when you are the one that's stuck. With passion, I understand. If my mom would have just done things, if no, you're stuck. Listen, if dad would have just loved me just a little bit, no, 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 you are the one that is stuck. Listen, stop blaming everybody else and accept the reality that you are the one Stuck. James said it like this in James 4 and 10. When you bow down before God and admit your dependence on him, watch this, he will lift you up and give you honor. Listen, if you'll just admit, God, I'm stuck and I need you. Guess what the Bible says? He will lift you up. This just goes right along with what we were talking about later, uh, a little bit a uh, while ago in the office. Watch this. God allows setbacks for a greater comeback. Listen, sometimes God allows darkness in your life so that you appreciate the light in your life. Listen, sometimes God allows sad situations in your life to help you be reminded of the happy situations in your life. Sometimes God allows clouds and rains and lightning, listen, so that you can see a better and a healthier and a more nourished you. Ah, y'all picking up what I'm laying down. Watch this word. Listen, number one, you can blame everybody else. That's cool. That's what you want to do. But all you're going to do is dilute the reality that you're the one. Let me, give you, let me give you number two. Watch this. Here's the real deal. Listen, you got to be open to God's voice. Listen, if you want out of a stuck place, if you want to be unstuck, is that even a word? I don't know. If you want to be out of a stuck place, listen, you got to be open to God's voice. Because I'm going to tell you something. When we're in rough times, when we're in tough times, we close off the voice of God. Listen, I know that sounds a little crazy. Like, no, I'm always open to God's voice. Listen, but the bottom line is when you are in a tough spot, a lot of times we even remove ourselves from anybody that's even near God. Listen, we get in that stuck place and, and we kind of isolate ourselves. If you would, listen, I'm going to help you today. When it's dark and it's dreary, don't duck out on God. Listen, when it's dark and it's dreary and you're not understanding and it's raining, don't you run from God. Listen, just because it gets sticky, don't be so quicky to run from, from God. Listen, don't run from God. Run to God. And I'm telling you, sometimes just when we get in that place, we forget God, you think, really? Forget God? Yeah, we get so focused on the stuck place. Listen, we get so focused on the, on the sticky circumstance. We get so focused on the, on the bad situation that we forget God. And let me tell you what we forget. We forget that God got us through the last mess. Listen, I'm going to tell you what you forget. We forget that it was God that got us through the last storm. Listen, Peter and them boys, they went back to fishing. They said, man, bump this. I am done with fishing. I'm not doing it. Any, I'm done with, with following Christ. I'm going back to fishing because God done let Jesus die. And I'm thinking, hold on, Peter. 
You were there when Jairus' daughter was sick and God raised her up from the dead. How in the world are you going to back off from God? Wait a minute, Peter, you were on the boat when all of a sudden the storms went crazy and y'all were scared to death and Jesus just spoke to the storm and everything went quiet and they obeyed his voice. You need to realize, Peter, you are stuck and you need to listen for the voice of God. And remember that it was God that got you through the last situation. Listen, number two, you got to be open to God's voice. Now, I love Jensen Franklin always says, if you don't hear God, read God. Listen, Jensen Franklin always said that. That has stuck with me for years and years and years. Listen, whenever you cannot hear God, you read God. I'll even add a little bit to it. Listen, you will not hear God till you read God. Listen, when you're in a stuck place, you're not going to hear God unless you read, unless you read God. Listen, I help you. Can I take it a step further? Listen, you're not going to hear God unless you get under your spiritual leader and listen for God's voice. Ooh, God can use a spiritual leader in your life. Watch this, to speak in to your life. Watch this, I wrote this down. Don't miss his voice and therefore miss God's voice. Come on, somebody. Listen, God will use spiritual leaders to speak into your life. And whenever you don't allow God to speak through your spiritual leader into your life, watch this, and you are following the plot, the plan, and the procedure of the enemy. Listen, because his desire is to get you away from the Word. Listen, he does not want us to hear the Word of God. He wants to get us from under the Word. And you've got to remove any distraction. You've got to remove any hindrance. Watch this. It's keeping you from getting your Word. It keeps you from getting your Word from God. Listen, by the way, if I'm not your spiritual leader, man, I'm cool with that. But get under somebody that can speak. Listen, let somebody speak. Let him or her speak into your life so that you can hear the voice of of God. Listen, find your spiritual leader so God can give you a word. Listen, that, that leads me to something else. If you attend church for any other reason than to get your word, listen, then you're attending for the wrong reason. Listen, I'm telling you, the reason we corporately come together, all the other stuff is so nice, but we come together to get our word. We to get our word from God. And I pray today that you're listening and say, man, God, that's your voice and you're speaking to me because the enemy wants to keep you stuck. Listen, the enemy wants to keep you stuck. Somebody shout stuck. He wants to keep you stuck, but you got to be open to the voice of God. Watch this. you got to read the Word of God. Listen, you got to listen to your spiritual leader. But let me give you number three. Watch this. Get advice not from good friends. Get advice from God friends. Listen, there's a difference, by the way. Get it. I don't know who this is for. Watch this. Get advice not from good friends, but get advice from God. God, friend, listen, that's why you got to eliminate Sunday jokers from your circle. I'm telling you, because you got to make sure that the words that you are getting from your friends are not just good. Listen, they can be a good friend, but not a God friend. You got to be so careful who you take your advice from. Listen, if the people you are around are not confirming what God is trying to tell you in your life, you better take a look at who is in your circle. Listen, no excuses. I'm telling you, some people just got to go. Well, Pastor, we've been friends since third grade. Bye. <laughs> listen, I'm just saying, you got to make sure that the people that are speaking into your life, I'm telling you, the people that you are around day after day, whether you know it or not, they are speaking in to your life. Listen, I thought about it. The people that we're around on Monday, if they're not coming and telling you how good it was on Sunday, you better, you better back away a little bit. I'm just telling you, make sure they're in the same vein that you're in because they're going to speak in your life. Listen, you don't need friends speaking into your life. You need God speaking through your friends into your life. Oh, did y'all catch that? It's just a little bit. You don't just need friends speaking in your life. You need God speaking through your friends in 
your life. And so if the people you are running with are not confirming what God is doing in your life, look at your name and say, they got to go. <laughs> listen, they got to they gotta go. You got to make sure you listen to your spiritual leader. You got to make sure that friends are speaking into your life because, listen, the enemy will put so-called friends in your life to sabotage what God's trying to do. Listen, I'm telling you, the enemy's doing everything in his power to make sure we don't hear from God. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make sure that we don't hear from God. He wants to make sure that he discombobulates, if you would, the things that God is trying to do in his life. My goodness, I'm preaching better than y'all listening. I'm telling you, <laughs> ah, there's some people you just got to say goodbye. Listen, stop letting people in your boat that's going to turn it into a sinking ship. Listen, you got to be careful who's in your circle and who's in in your boat to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Peter said, I'm going back fishing. I'm going back fishing. I'm going to tell you something. When you're in a stuck place, you have a struggle between your spirit man and your flesh man. Listen, I'm telling you, when, when we're in a stuck place, we're going to struggle because every one of us have a spirit man and we have a flesh man. And whenever we get in a stuck place, there's a battle that takes place. I'm telling you, you got the flesh man trying to pull you this way. you got the spirit man trying to pull you that way. And there's a battle going on inside you. There's a battle for your attention, even right now. Listen, there's a battle for your thought process, even right now. There's a battle for what you're going to do next week. There's a battle for where your life's going to take you between your spirit man and your flesh man. And watch it. Peter went back to his old ways. I can't help but believe he went back, and, 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 and he went back, and he went back to, to fishing. And so you know the story, and all of a sudden at, at dawn, early in the morning, hadn't caught anything. And he saw this man come, and he wasn't exactly sure who he was, and he said, hey, throw your net on the other side. And Peter and them, you know the story, Peter and them went ahead, and they threw their net, and all of a sudden it was... It was full. All of a sudden, the Bible says they couldn't hardly drag in all that they had caught. Watch this. The fish were always there. Peter was just stuck. Listen, the fish was already there. Peter was just stuck. But here's what I want you to get out of this. It didn't take but one word from God to turn around Peter's entire situation. He had fished all night long, caught absolutely nothing, and one word from God turned his entire situation around. Somebody needs to hear this today. You don't need but one word from God, and it can change your entire situation. One word from God, and you can go from being stuck to being unstuck. One word from God, and you can go from empty to full. One word from God, you can go from having nothing in your net to all of a sudden your net overflowing. Who am I helping today? One word from God and you can go from sad to happy. One word from God and you can go from grieving to glorifying. One word from God and you can go from a guilty feeling to a free spirit in your soul. Listen to me today. One word from God and people's destination after this life can change. One word from God can take you from hell to heaven. One word from God can take you from sick to well. One word from God can get you out of a rut and get you back on the road. One word from God can get you back reconnected to where God would have you to do. It's so imperative to understand God's voice and to hear what I'm trying to teach you today. Listen, don't take lightly the word I'm trying to share with you. It only takes one word from God. Listen, the abundance of fish, they were, they were there. They just had to hear his voice. Listen, the fish were, were there, and all Peter needed was one word. And so I'm trying to tell you today, just one wrong word, and you're going to fish all night. <laughs> Listen, just one wrong word, and you're on the wrong side of the boat. Fishing, just one wrong word, and you're going to toil all night long. Ooh, somebody shout, I need one word. <laughs> Ooh, you better listen. Watch this. You listen to the voice of God. When you can't hear God, you read God. Listen, you get up under a spiritual leader and trust that his voice 
is God's voice. I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about God speaking through me. Listen, I'm so unworthy to even be standing here. I'm talking about God speaking through the people that you believe are the people that God has put in your life. Be careful with the friends that you have because they speak in, into your life and there's a battle. Come on, I'm replaying this message. Listen, there's a battle in your spirit between your spirit man and your flesh man. But let me give you one last thing. Ronald, you come on. Lastly, watch this. You've got to commit to God's plan. Listen, number one, you admit that you are, are stuck. You listen to his voice. So watch number three, you've got to commit. Listen, it does no good if you don't. Commit. Listen, we, we love the verse. I'm telling you, we deal with, we, we battle back and forth with the flesh man and the spirit man, and we love it. We say, oh, you, I, I, I resist the devil, and he's going to flee. Now, the Bible says, submit yourself unto God, comma, resist the devil, comma, and he'll flee. Come on, do you see that today? Listen, there's, there's, there's stages to getting the devil to leave you alone. Listen, there's stages that you got to take to quit fighting with the flesh. Listen, you got to submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. In other words, temptation, now I ain't going to have anything to you. you got to resist that, and then he has to flee. But it doesn't do any good if you do not commit. Listen, you'll only benefit when you commit. Look at verse number 7. It says, The disciples whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, watch, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work. I don't know why you fish naked. But, and he threw himself into the sea. I really don't the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the nets. Why? It says, full of fish. For they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. I want you to see that because all of a sudden Peter's like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got stuck because I was thinking that he, that he died. And now all of a sudden this is him. And Peter got dressed and he took off and he went across. The Bible says about 100 yards, about a football field. Oh, wait, he went swimming. Watch this. Get this, and I'm done. Verse number 9. And when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it, <laughs> toiling all night. Watch this. And bread. And Jesus said, then bring me some of your fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore. Watch this. Full of large fish, 153. I never, did you know that was in the Bible? Watch this. 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, I want you to see this because here they are hungry. They're tired. They're wore down. Am I talking to anybody? Listen, they fished all night. They caught nothing. But yet when they got up on the shore where Jesus was, watch this. He already had fish cooking. Listen, when the disciples finally made their way, up on the land, you read it, in, I read it to you in the scripture. Listen, breakfast was already ready. And I want to help you today. Here's your final word. Listen, you may be stuck. You may be in a hard place. Listen, you may not feel like you are where God would have you to be. You may feel like you are so far from God. But listen, I want you to look for Jesus. Because when he shows up, he'll have prepared everything you need in your life. Did you notice that? He had everything already ready for them. Listen, if you are hungry, he's already got the fish frying. Listen, if you are lonely, he wants to be a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. If you are stressed, listen, he wants to give you a peace that only he can give. If you are broke, the Bible says the windows of heaven are going to open up and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain it. Listen, if you are lost, then guess what? Salvation is awaiting for you today. Everything that you need today has already been prepared. Everything that you need has has already been laid out. Let me ask you today, why won't you climb on the shore and see what God has for you?
Listen, what's holding you back from stepping out and saying, you know what, I want to know what God has for me. I'm tired of this stuck place. Stand all over the house if you if you would. And I want you to see this because I thought about this. and It's not in my notes. Right? God hit me with this back there this morning. Because God took this man named Peter. Listen, he put a word in him and he preached like nobody's business. The Bible says 3,000 people were saved. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. He was, a, he was in a stuck place. Wait a minute, Pastor. He, he went back to fishing. Listen, that gives me hope because maybe you've gone back to doing what God has called you from. Listen, but God wants you to be encouraged today that he can still use you. Listen, even if you're in a stuck place today, listen, you don't have to stay there. God can still use you and God can still use God have used Peter in such an amazing way. Listen, he preached Peter, I believe, honestly, like he never preached anybody else in the whole Word of God. The very one that skipped out on Jesus. The very one that found himself in a stuck place. Listen, you got to drag yourself up on dry land today. Listen, I'm telling you, I don't know. I thought I was studying right down here this morning, and I was sitting here, and I thought, man, this is the land where God wants us to climb on and say, God, I'm, I'm here for whatever you got. Listen, I'm telling you, I don't care if you're so stuck, you got to crawl to the dry land. If you got to crawl to where Jesus is at, listen, I'm telling you, I would just roll, roll to God, I'm in a stuck place. Because guess what? I, I done told you, Mike Murdoch done said, he already knows where you're at. Listen, he's really waiting on you, number one, to admit that you're the one stuck. And admit to where you're at. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. Today, listen, God's on the shore waiting. He's already got cooked up what you need. Come to the shoreline today. Listen, step out in faith on the shoreline. Today. Listen, no hand raising today. Listen, if you're in a stuck place today, God already knows it. Climb on the shore and say, God, I know you got what I need, so I come today to get everything you got for me. Listen, step out even now. You step out. I'm going to step out. I'm going to step down and let God have his way.